Hello, everybody. Welcome to Reframe, a podcast all about becoming a better version of yourself. Don't worry, this is all going to be backed by research and personal experience, so we're sure to get you from version 1 to your 2.0 self. Hello, my name is Via, and I'm a relationship coach, creative designer, songwriter, and Twitch streamer who has a passion for podcasting. Today, we're talking about how to stop overthinking everything. And yes, it's a very personal subject to me, so sit back, grab a drink, get some snacks, whatever makes you comfortable, and listen in. Let me ask you one thing. Are you an overthinker? If you're overthinking your answer to this question, then the answer is probably yes. John Acuff, author of Soundtracks, The Surprising Solution to Overthinking, asked 10,000 people if they overthink, and 99.5% of them said yes. Most of us are overthinkers. And this is actually a problem, right? Overthinking drains us, it causes burnout, and if you're like me, can contribute to overly negative thinking. So today I'm gonna help you, and me as well, because it's a process, find the exact tricks um, to stop overthinking and stop being proactive. So what exactly is overthinking? Well, it's when you think about something too much or for too long or ruminate on the same thought patterns that feel trapping. Basically, overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. Let me say that again. <laughs> overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. When we overthink, we tend to ruminate in our problems instead of taking action. This causes us to be stressed and waste our time, and it can even cripple our ability to make logical decisions. And even worse, research shows that overthinking doesn't just cause sleepless nights. Overthinking is linked to depression, negativity, lack of decision-making, and lower-quality friendships. Overthinking is caused by many factors, of course, such as social expectations, relationship anxiety, and past trauma. So here are some examples of overthinking. Thinking about something you said and wishing you'd said something different. I've done this a lot. You Like, oh my god, I can't even. <laughs> um, another is getting stressed over how your last speech or meeting went. Also me. And I'm sure you can relate, like if you're a student or like if you're doing something that involves facing clients or facing other people, you'll have that like thought running at the back of your head. Another is thinking about a future event and ruminating over the worst possible scenario. And then we have the issue of always asking yourself, what if? And then of course, having intrusive thoughts when you're working. And these are just some of them. There are a lot more examples, but these are just, I guess, the common ones that pop up. They've popped up in my personal life, and I'm working on them. So ask yourself this, why do I overthink so much? You see, there are two types of people who are particularly vulnerable to overthinking. The shy type is one of them, and the second is the insecure type. Okay, let me break this down. The shy type constantly thinks about people. They lie in bed at night replaying every conversation or interaction from the day. They're worried about what others think of them and whether or not they made a good first impression after, say, meeting someone new. And they often have anticipation anxiety and the biggest fears often revolve around public speaking. The second type is called the insecure type and they worry about their circumstances. 
They lie in bed at night agonizing about all of their decisions from the day and possible decisions for tomorrow. They might have low self-esteem because they're underperforming at their job or they worry constantly about their finances or health. If someone tells them something negative, they take it personally and that comment will linger in their head for far too long. Those negative thoughts accumulate, causing soundtracks, quote unquote, to play in our minds. There's a quote that I really like from John Acuff's book, and it goes, if you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes a part of your personal playlist. And this has been a rabbit hole for me personally, because I am, I have to admit it, I'm an actual people pleaser, and I do everything I can to please a friend. I've been on a journey to try and get rid of that and I'm still on that journey. But basically what the quote is saying is the more you think about something, the more we tend to think about it more often, even like, you know, you're doing something, the thought pops into your head and it becomes basically a part of your thought process and who you are. A soundtrack is a repetitive thought that often plays automatically. Like I said, so when you constantly play a soundtrack, it changes your thoughts and your life. A soundtrack could be negative um, mental thoughts like I'm an imposter. Maybe they're going to fire me or maybe you could <laughs> I've sometimes thought about this. He completely hates me and it's all my fault. These are all like natural thoughts that occur like every day with like most people. Now, positive or constructive soundtracks might be I got this or baby steps and I'm doing the best I can and then also I'm grateful. Now, are your soundtracks positive or negative? Here's a good news though, if you have negative soundtracks, you can change them. Okay, so for example, have you ever watched the popular TV show Friends? Right, take away the laugh track and add some creepy music and you've got something totally different. I'm gonna link a video to that in the show notes, so go check that out after this. It's really, it's like, it's odd. But here's a good thing. Your thoughts are completely changeable. And we're going to go through how right now. Okay, step number one is to release the white bear. Odd, right? <laughs> so here's a thought experiment for you. Try not to think of a white polar bear. Seems impossible, right? But... That's exactly what participants did in Harvard professor Daniel Wagner's famous white bear experiment. I'm also going to link that in the show notes because it's really good. So in the experiment, Wagner asks students to verbalize their thoughts for five minutes while trying not to think of a white bear. The surprising results, uh, students on average were pretty bad at not thinking of a white bear and thought of it an average of more than once per minute. Now, Wegner even found that students who were told to suppress the idea of a white bear did worse than students who weren't told to suppress their thoughts. I have a link for that in the description for you, so go check that out as well. See, Wegner's remarkable study tells us it's almost impossible to suppress unwanted thoughts, and trying to do so might end up causing us more harm than good. So instead, I would like us to focus on releasing our unwanted thoughts. Here's another question. What thoughts are you suppressing? Okay, first I want you to just think of your unwanted thoughts. If you cannot control overthinking, let's give it the attention it deserves. So here's what you can do. Set a timer for 5 or 10 minutes and allow yourself to think. Think of your problems and why they're bothering you so much. 
and allow yourself ample time to think. Don't push them away. What's your mind telling you? What are you worried about? Go deep, go as deep as you need to. When you've got a clearer picture, move on to the next step. Okay, step two is the paper ball technique. If you've got a clear picture of your thoughts, that's great. Now, let's grab a pen and paper and set the timer for another 10 minutes. Start transferring everything down from your mind to your paper. List all the things you've been worried about so you have a place you can visualize them. Don't worry about making it pretty. The point is to just get it down on paper. Give it your all. Now, when the time is up, Take a look at your list and mull about how you feel. Does it feel relieving to get all your unwanted thoughts down on paper? Finally, here's the fun part, okay? Crumple up that paper ball and throw it in the trash can. The physical throwing away of your problem is a great technique to help you feel as if your worrying thoughts are gone. I find this helps if I'm stuck with something that's been bothering me for days, and it certainly gets rid of the white bear in the room. Step number three, replace negativity with greats. Do you have a hard case of imposter syndrome? So it's a phenomenon that makes you feel like you're not good enough. You could tell yourself, I'm not a good enough speaker. I'm not fit to be a manager. I don't deserve to make lots of money. And I'm sure all of us, if not like most of us, if not all, have gone through this cycle of thoughts in our head, but we feel like we don't deserve this or we deserve less or we're not like a good fit. And no matter how successful someone is on the outside or how much external evidence there is of their skills or competence, people with imposter syndrome are convinced that they don't deserve the success they've achieved. They may have pervasive thoughts about their incompetence or inferiority. It's even estimated that a whopping 70% of people suffer from imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome isn't easy to combat. I have a very hard case of it. <laughs> Um, but here's a great exercise. Tell yourself, I'm great. I'm a great speaker. I'm a great manager. I have a great wealth. I'm a great friend. I'm a great boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm a good daughter or son. I'm a, just, just tell yourself that you're great. Positive self-talk works because it replaces your negative self-talk. In Wegner's experiment, students who were told to think of another object, say, a red convertible instead of the white bear, actually did rather well in focusing their thoughts. In the same vein, try replacing your unwanted thoughts with positive ones. Being positive overall, according to Mayo Clinic, I'll link them below, can 1. increase your lifespan, 2. lower your stress, and 3. lower levels of depression. So if you're in a constant negativity loop, keep repeating to yourself, I'm great. Make it a daily habit, stick post-it notes on your bathroom mirror, maybe save your favorite quote in your desktop wallpaper. Step number four on how to stop overthinking is I will. So next, think of all the successes you've had in the past. Perhaps you got promoted at a job, aced a speech, or did something kind for a friend. Failure to live up to your past successes can be another major cause of overthinking though. So for me, I mean, I do music, right? And there have been songs that have actually like gotten a lot of streams. It earned me a lot of money. And every time that I try to write a new song, I keep thinking, what if it's not going to be as good as the first song that I ever wrote? 
What if it won't earn me enough money? What if people don't like it? Can you relate with that? Like it doesn't have to be music, but anything else that you've been doing in your life. If you're struggling to get something done because you're afraid of not living up to your past, you've got to realize it's a different opportunity. And to help with that mindset shift, try saying I will, right? I will write the first draft of this book. I will feel amazing and be a rock star on stage. I will deliver an amazing project for my team. I will make music that people will like. You know, the I will technique is especially helpful if you're under pressure. So research shows that athletes who give themselves instructional self-talk have improved attention and perform better. Instead of telling yourself, I'm going to do well, replace it with an instructional I will to conquer your overthinking tendencies. Alright, step number five is actually pretty interesting and it's called take the fear pill. If you were given a pill to totally get rid of your fears, would you take it? You probably realize that's a bad idea since we need fear to avoid doing reckless things like walking in the middle of a busy highway or ostracizing all our friends. So let's work with fear. The idea isn't to totally get rid of your fears when you start anything new or go through something potentially life-changing, there will always be fear. But then fear gets a voice, not a vote. So work with your fear and listen to it, but don't let it dictate to you. Another great quote from John Acuff is, if you can worry, you can wander. If you can doubt, you can dominate. And if you can spin, you can soar. So we may never get rid of our fears, but it's actually a good thing. You can learn to overcome your fears and become a fear boss. In the last step of our stop overthinking strategy is called Parkinson's deadline, not Parkinson's law. It's called Parkinson's deadline. So Parkinson's law states that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. In other words, if you give yourself a week to finish an assignment, that could be done in a day, you'll likely take the whole week to finish. It's just human nature and any of my friends who I've like complained to know this about me. Like I could do work in two days, but then I'd stretch it for over a week. It's exactly what this is. So Parkinson's law also applies to overthinking. When we give ourselves too much time to think or complete a goal, it often delays our decision making. The good news is it also works the other way around. This is where Parkinson's deadline comes in. Work shrinks so as to meet the deadline when it's due. I'll say it again. Work shrinks so as to meet the deadline when it's due. So if you've got a project due in a day that would normally take you a week, you're much more likely to finish it. Even though it might not be as pretty, the important thing is you've finished it. Parkinson's deadline is a handy technique I use when I catch myself in an overthinking rut. Like, what if I cannot decide a title for my music? Deadline. What if I don't know what video to make for my YouTube? Deadline. About this podcast? Deadline. What dinner can I have? Fish? Chicken? Deadline. The big caveat is don't give yourself deadlines you know you won't be able to meet. Alright, that's just the thing about this. This might cause another negative effect. Um, too much stress. So set appropriate deadlines for yourself so you won't be left with time for overthinking. So as a bonus content, I'm also going to include how to stop overthinking in a relationship. I'm also guilty with this. That's why I had to look it up and research and do all that jazz. And 
yeah, depending on how old you are, your version of overthinking might be different. You'll be thinking, do they like me? Like, actually like me? Um, are they going out for, um, I don't know, like a, a boys night out, but they're actually cheating on me? You know, things like that. Normal things, right? And if you're overthinking in a relationship, maybe there's something you need to clear up with your partner. In case it's just you overthinking, here's how to have a stronger relationship. Alright, first thing, don't overanalyze. Maybe you've gotten an emoji over text and you're wondering if it means anything more. And since it's very hard to read body language, because it's over a text, right? Don't overthink things. Texts aren't the best place to read body language or emotions anyway, so don't dive into different meanings that don't exist. Now, it's different if someone like hourly says something to you and it doesn't have any deeper meaning to it. Like, that's different. Next is communicate. The best thing to do is to clearly communicate with your partner. Dr. John Gottman found that the number and emotion that predicted divorces in a relationship was contempt or an uncaring, disrespectful attitude. If you're feeling any contempt at all, sometimes it might be better to keep communication lines open and talk instead of keeping silent. The third way is to focus on yourself. Maybe you're overthinking because your partner takes up a majority of your daily thoughts. That can be great unless something bad happens in the relationship. The best remedy is to focus on improving yourself, working on your goals, developing your career, whatever it is, making a podcast. <laughs> so don't solely focus on your partner or you'll be overthinking everything that happens. Overthinking can be common in relationships, but it usually gets better as time goes on. All right, as an added bonus on top of that, let's talk about the difference between overthinking and being prepared. So being prepared always leads to action. Overthinking tends to lead to more overthinking. So if you've been brainstorming and getting a lot of ideas down but haven't taken action yet, maybe you're in the overthinking zone. So think of this equation, right? Inaction plus plateaus plus burnout equals overthinking. And that's the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, I have to be honest, this episode took me a while to get out because for the past two weeks, I've been overthinking like crazy. It has come to a point where like it's affected my everyday, you know, and the more I process these steps, the more I thought that, okay, I need to get better like before this episode comes out. But it's actually a journey. It doesn't mean that because I'm telling you to do this and this and this that I've overcome it. It's a constant journey for me, for anybody. It's not a, it's not an overnight transformation. Well, like I list down the six steps and when you wake up tomorrow, everything's good. It's never going to be like that, especially if it's a transformative thing, if it's a you thing, if it's self-improvement. So as long as we, all of us collectively <laughs> try and do our best, to do these six steps every time we feel overthinking happening it's gonna be you know it'll it'll eventually stick we'll eventually get past the point where like we need to constantly remind ourselves to stop overthinking but yeah if you enjoyed this episode there's more coming i i swear like these 
when I write these episodes, it's like therapy for me. It's also like me learning from what I've, you know, looked up. So, yeah, if you enjoyed, please do give it a like, a share, maybe a review. Um, and let me know what you guys want me to talk about next time. And so, yeah, have a great day and cheers to self-improvement. Bye.